Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week wherever you are listening from. Uh, if you are currently listening in England, we are approaching easing, which is it's nice, isn't it? It's nice to think some things might be getting better, but it's also terrifying. It's also a bit terrifying at the same time. You think, oh, I hope, I hope they are. Uh, I hope wherever you are, the um, anxiety slash excitement slash fear is balancing itself in a calm and manageable way um thank you so much as ever for your lovely comments um on twitter we've been talking a lot on the at the Griefcast twitter at the moment about and trying to encourage companies to offer opt-outs for mother's day which we are of course rapidly approaching if you are in the dmc um so if a company has been kind enough to offer you an opt-out so that you don't have to receive any email notifications about mother's day marketing please let us know on at the grief cross because we are trying to shout out about the ones that uh, are nice bloom and wild for example are really great ones that always do it every year and one of the first to do it so it is possible this week i'm talking to the very brilliant Alyssa lynn paris Alyssa is an actress a writer a comedian uh she has featured on conan last week tonight ellen digital she's in netflix auntie donna's house if you haven't seen that it's very very funny she's a brilliant writer as well she's written for the new york times into the gloss with post magazine reductress she's also an improviser as well she trained at ucb she is a very very funny woman she's very well worth following on twitter and instagram at Alyssa limp i think she is uh, where she posts a lot of very, very funny things. I actually spoke to Alyssa in July 2020, uh, way back then, if you can remember that. And uh, I think you can hear that in our chat because we sound a little bit like we're still in shock, <laughs> which we obviously were from what was happening. So yeah, there's a definite different tone to talking to people now. And I just have to apologise because the sound quality is not great. So I will say it gets better. So if you start listening to the podcast, you think, oh God, I can't bear this. Um, please hold on. It does get better. But unfortunately, something 
technically went wrong so um we just had to use a bit of a backup recording so it does sound a bit dodgy apologies for that please don't email kate or me because it's definitely not kate's fault i spoke to Alyssa about her dad who died five years ago of a brain tumor we've been locked down for a while i i well you know this is all kind of related in a way i when it first happened i feel very like I went into just very mo like the minute it happened, I was like, we're not leaving. Like this is, it just, because you know, when my dad got sick, he had brain cancer and it just went from like healthy to sick and I just moved home and then it was like, boom, I was like staying there. So this felt very similar. So it's just, it's been, yeah. I just, something, it, it hasn't felt very abnormal. It feels very reminiscent of those times. It's just very like emergency mode. Yeah, God, that's I've so true. I felt exactly the same. I was like, this feels like grief. It's like you're in the you're in the catastrophe. You just got to get on with it. But what's weird is everybody's doing it. Whereas you're used to like the world being normal and you being in crisis Correct. mode. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, don't you feel like almost like the minute something like the minute the brain cancer happened, I've been like mm. waiting for this to happen. I'm like, of course this yeah. happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've been trained. Like I, yeah, I was prepared. We were prepared. You know what it's like for your world to stop. You know what it's like mm. for like uh, ne- things to never go back to the way they were. And so this, I feel that way with this, but it's good in a way, but then I also feel like I don't have any hopes of us like getting out of it. I have a very dark sense of like, oh, well, this is just, well, this is it you know yeah but I think if you've lost someone if someone you've known has died and the worst has happened it's quite hard to get your brain out of well of course the worst is going to happen like that's life mate that's what happens (laughs) people die (laughs) and you're like the sort of like really awful person in the corner being like we're all gonna die (laughs) like not helpful (laughs) exactly it's yeah no that's exactly how how I feel I'm just uh yeah who are we remembering today what was your dad's name Jim Jim Lynn Paris as well? Exactly, yep. Yeah, yeah. No, middle, no middle name. No middle name, not messing around. <laughs> no, he said, let's get to it. I don't need the middle name. I'm Jim and then let's, yeah, we got things to do. You got it already. I don't need anything, we're done. Yes. Um, and how long ago did Jim die? He died four years ago. Four years ago, okay, so still recent. Yeah. Because obviously mine's so long, I'm like, wow, that's fresh. Because <laughs> like, I'm 20 years down the line. I'm like, four years, yeah. Yeah, it does still feel, I was just thinking about this, how like, Already, I felt like my dad was like a world away, like there was a world where he existed and then he died. Yeah. And now I feel like there's another world in between it where mm. it's like, we're, I'm all, we're also mourning the existence of being able to just like see friends. And then, there, so he feels so far in a way. Yeah. Um, it's like from a, like a lost world that they lived in, isn't it? My dad died so like, you know, pre the, pre year 2000. So that to me seems like, imag- like that seems like, not more than 20 years ago it seems like a thousand years ago oh my god like not not much internet and people didn't have iphones and also there wasn't a pandemic like it just seems <laughs> like donald trump was not even oh. you know i don't think he was even that famous like it was just yeah it seems like that so feels much unfair suffering. were you like panicked as a, i remember y2k was like i feel like that was like that was like what a time to not have a dad dads were all about like well we got to batten down the laptops because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna lose like <laughs> the end of the world's yeah. coming it's weird because my, he was really into technology. Like we had, he said, he set up a wireless network like in our house, like one of the first. So like, but we could message like MSN message, but just each other, just like me and my brother and him. <laughs> and he was so proud of me and my brother. Like this is, we could just shout, like we could <laughs> right. just say, 
dinner's ready but he's like use the messenger so it does wow. make me sad when anything super technical happens i'm like god he would have loved, he that. loved like he would have been all over that but yeah. you know what so, he even knew it was possible it's almost like he yeah that's true <laughs> it's true he definitely knew it was possible so you said he died of um brain cancer yes so was it a brain tumor or a brain ca- are they different things brain tumor uh, i'm not sure if they're i think they're I think they're the same. Yeah, he, yeah. it was a, or I guess a malignant brain tumor. Glioblastoma okay. is what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how did you find out? Like what, um, did he just not feel very well? And, or did you, you know, how did they tell you? It was awful. It was like, I feel like I was like a kid and I feel rude saying that to you who lost. Oh, no, no, don't worry. There's no <laughs> brief hierarchy. Like, it, you know, your dad is your dad. You're still a kid until they're gone, you know. And that's, isn't that it? Yeah, so I was, like, moving. And my parents were, like, coming to, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Alyssa. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean no, to. No, no, I'm. Don't worry. Please, you're, like, not the first guest <laughs> to cry. Like, it's like... And especially comedians, because we, we feel like we're good to go and we can talk about it. And then we don't often actually talk about the details. I think you know? that's right. I think it's it's easier to talk about, um, like, big picture or, like, losing the person. Mm. or And then when you, like, I think you're kind of similar to what we were talking about with the pandemic. You kind of go into survival mode. Like, mm. I feel like you black out a lot of stuff. And sometimes, like, especially these days, like, I've been remembering. And I feel like remembering is, like, harsh. It's like you... you yeah. Your body goes into shock because it knows that, like, remembering is too hard. It's like... Remembering becomes really dangerous. And I think especially in lockdown, like, I've had this. You've had, we've had way more time yes. to think yes. than we've ever had. <laughs> and especially as a comedian, you know, like, I do loads of improv as well. Like, you get those gigs and you have an improv night or a comedy night and you, you get that, like, positive burst of, like, oh, I laughed and it's okay. And that has, we do not have that right now. Or and you're so, like, I have so much to do. I have to do this audition or I have to be on set. Like, you kind of mm, have to be yeah. pulled together. And then now it's like, you don't have to be pulled together. There's nothing you have to do. So, like, mm. yeah. Here's all your memories. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> You're like, really? Now? Not now. Not now. Yeah. I know. I bet even, <laughs> yeah. and I bet ha- having a baby too must be, that's like a whole nother, like even more hormones. Yeah. And so it's like, a, and yeah, it's hormonal and more change and more remembering that they're really not there again. <laughs> like, cause this is my second baby. But so I've kind of used to that. Cause the first one, it was really hard. It was like, oh, he's really gone, isn't he? Cause like I've had a baby now and he's, He's not come back. I really thought he might come back for this. <laughs> right. like, it was a big thing. This seemed important. Yeah, like, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's really, but it's weird. As I said, I've had, I've had a new baby, which, you know, normally it's like you said, like, oh, I'm so crazy and we're so busy. But actually I haven't been because I've just been at home with two children. Right. So I've had like this really sort of weird, I guess like 1950s housewife. Totally. But, but without any like, you know. Without the cool dress to go do. Without yeah, the curlers. Without the cool dresses. Yeah. Just staying at home and staring out the front door being like, oh, here's all the thinking time that I can have, you know. So, yeah, it's really, I know it's It's, it's good, though. A hard it's good, time. too, because it's, it's, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I'm like, it's so funny how grief is like, it'll mask itself as something else, you know. It'll be oh, uh, so, it's so good. It's so tricky. <laughs> it's so tricky. It'll be like, you're angry. You're angry. And it, mm. you're angry at the burnt, you burnt the bread and you're so mad. Mm. And then it's like, no, you haven't like cried about your dad in a while. You haven't taken yeah. stock of like your yourself in a little bit. And so. Yeah. 
you know, basically I was just moving apartments. My parents were literally coming to move me out. So they were like mm. helping me move in New York City and they were in Massachusetts. And I, I had like pretty much all my boxes packed and I was in my room and I, they called me and they were like, hey, we're like three hours out. And then they called like maybe two minutes after and I just knew. Like I, I remember mm. being like this. I And I picked up and they were both screaming and or maybe my mom was screaming my dad was crying and my mom was like your dad has a tumor your dad has a tumor and and I couldn't really and I was like slow down and basically it was like he had he had had really bad headaches and they they went to get a scan I guess unbeknownst to me maybe two days prior and then the doctor called while they were in the car to say I'm sorry you have to like you have to turn around it's it's and this was like our family doctor this was the doctor we'd all gone to like and later he told my mom it was like the hardest you know thing because this type of cancer is basically once you get it it's pretty tough to stop I think the survival rate is pretty low it's so hard isn't it and that I did you find that out after he died like did you become more aware of what the cancer actually was because my dad died of pancreatic cancer which is again really low survival rates because it doesn't have symptoms so you don't find it till it's spread and the same thing, like afterwards I found out all this information. I was like, oh, I see. That was what that doctor's look was, you know? Cause you're like, oh, like cancers, you get chemo, right? And you know, these, but you can see that look in their eyes. You're like, why is everyone looking at us funny? What's that? And then you're like, oh, cause they know. Right, we think of beating cancer, the fight for cancer. Mm. We, and yeah, I, again, it might be a survival tactic. Cause I, I, I think it probably helped to think there was hope. Like. I don't know if this happens to you, but now when people reach out, like, hey, this per- I can't even talk to them because I know that my, I'm, it's so, I have such, I'm so pessimistic about it. It's like, yeah, there's no, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the worst. Someone's like, oh, so-and-so's, you know, mom's not very well. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, like, well, so when, when's the funeral? Exactly. How are we going to help her? <laughs> exactly. And my friends are like, wait, she's okay. I'm like, okay. And if they do survive, I'm like, oh, right. right. Okay. <laughs> like, weird. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we probably... I mean, we knew pretty quickly. I, you know, my brother knew. I think, like, me and my mom and my dad were very, like, I just remember my brother, we were both staying in a hotel, like, right near the hospital, and he's he's a bit older than me. And I just remember me being like, what's, what do you think? And he's like, like, dad will die of this. And I don't know when, but, like. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't want to look at stuff, my dad. He was very, like, let's just try to not think about it and, like. Hmm. hope for <laughs> maybe if we don't yeah uh, so he was very kind of a positive guy so I think he didn't want to hear you can't do it or he was a marathoner he was a big like you can do anything you set your mind to so I don't oh I've, wow that's so weird my dad ran marathons as well no way. <laughs> yeah he was tra- he ran marathons and triathlons Same. and was training for an training for an Ironman when he got diagnosed my dad did that's a, so weird that's so yeah he did a half Ironman <laughs> it's so funny you know this morning this notification came up weirdly enough that said five years ago today so it's almost going to be five years but um see that oh my god yeah that's us oh my god and so my dad was very <clears throat> sick right here and every year we ran the fourth of july race since i was like li- <laughs> literally since i was a baby it was a family tradition with us and his family we all hated it i mean when i tell you hated <laughs> it it ruins it ruins the holiday it was like i dreaded the damn holiday because i knew i had to run a fucking race we'd all have <laughs> diarrhea i mean the whole family it's supposed to be like a fun holiday with like hot dogs we were all like no one wanted to do it everyone's everyone's nervous no one can sleep but my dad like pushed us to do it 
to, <laughs> to do it every year. Um, and he was really sick and, you know, basically brain cancer eventually makes you not be able to walk or anything. And mm. he finished the race and Whoa. it was basically his last hurrah. And then like right after it, things went really downhill, but, um, yeah, it was the most oh amazing, God, amazing feat of humanity of just like his body was so trained and his will was so determined that he mm. was going to do this. And yeah, he 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 did that race. And then that was really the last probably good memory before things went downhill. But he was a fighter. I think it's hard when they ha they have something as well like that in the in the diary, inverted commas. And like you said, they can put all their will into that. And then once that's done, it's quite hard. You obviously suddenly they're like well I am sick and it's hard it's very common isn't it that after that moment or like if they're waiting for someone to get there and then it's like okay I, I can't fight anymore and it, that's so funny it's definitely cool how you can push against yeah I hate to compare but just because it's, he sounds similar to my dad and like my dad wouldn't talk about it so he you know like I remember one of my last sort of memories of him because he sort of you know lost his consciousness towards the end but he was sat there and um, he used to work a lot in America and my mum was trying to say to him like what do you want at the funeral like we need to talk about this and he was like right next week we're gonna go to Boston classic yeah. mom they're worried about the logistics <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and let's get this down I want to know what do you want and he was like right we're gonna book a flight to Boston then we're gonna go to Scotland and I remember sitting there thinking like this is crazy because I think he's dying, but he's acting like he isn't. So then part of you, because you're, you know, you're still the child in that relationship is like, maybe he's not gonna die. Like, you don't know. Yeah, like, did he, did he manage to talk to you about it? Was it still very positive the whole way? No, same exact thing as you. <clears throat> Would not talk about, yeah. and it's so, that is another thing that, yeah, that, that's, you don't see that in movies. I was... Yeah, similarly, all I wanted to do was get some sort of like wisdom or some sort of like thing to take <laughs> with me or some goodbye. Yeah, but no, same. It wouldn't happen. It, and I remember we were all very frustrated by it because it's very, you're right, it's crazy making because you're kind of like, wait a minute, is mm. this happening? Like, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gaslighting, isn't it? You're like, I guess maybe he's fine. Like, maybe I don't need to be sad. Exactly. Yeah, but right. And, and um, you're kind of all tiptoeing around it but I remember a hospice person told us that people die the way that they live oh yes yes I thought that was wow. like really great because they were like you can't expect like I know my mom would be talking a lot in the front but my dad was <laughs> yeah. never you know or same with me but I think like my dad just was not that type in life are you like into exercise too <laughs> I like uh no not the way he was but I have I have exactly the same obsessional nature same <laughs> so I think we're very similar yeah so I would get obsessed with like dancing or something like but like I never got into running I tried recently actually and it's again it's that thing where I've started running and I'm like oh, I wish I could ask him about running because it is fun isn't it <laughs> was that time I was like what are you doing and was he he was an obsessive person too yeah so obsessive so obsessive <laughs> just once he had it like in his sight that was it like you know determined and, and to the point where w the whole family would be like oh my god like this is so annoying why are you doing this like and like you said like the we and I have an older brother as well which is quite funny <laughs> who would yeah I know that's weird isn't and we it? have the same manager and we are both like stripes this is too much this we're we're, we're finding <laughs> our equal across the pond <laughs> definitely <laughs> you remember this feeling too I bet we had a very similar like 
departure too because that was exactly the same as my family and we'd go crazy but then we'd all do the thing and then we'd be like well that was nice after all I guess we should. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> okay fine it was fine I think that makes it even tougher for when we lost him I'm sure you felt similarly of like not only was I grieving but I didn't know what to do with myself and I'm still working on that I'm still working on mm. how I am like a human outside of my dad because he was so yeah he was so the leader of the family and, and so obsessive and so like determined and into things yeah anyway what I was gonna say too is like we I would exercise a lot with him I don't as much anymore but with him that was our way of like bonding big time and he, we really wouldn't get to talking until like bike mile 30 you know it was like it almost <laughs> was like you had to run a damn marathon before you could get him to like be like so how's yeah. how's your heart or whatever so yeah I think like basically of course the same thing's going to happen in death you're not just going to change if, if that's your mo yeah and I think when someone again maybe you have the same thing he my dad was like such a presence that like when he died it was just so fucking quiet it was like even though he didn't talk a lot, he just like, I always say like, you just knew he was in the room. Yes, he, buzzed, he buzzed, he buzzed. He buzzed. There was a buzz. Like, yes. And I, he like, he breathed loudly, he ate loudly, like he thought loudly. And it was like, you knew he was in the house. He smelled, you know, like he totally. just was like a stinky man. And, and like, when he went, it just felt like, whoa, like there's a big hole now because that person was so loud and the energy that he had and yeah at, his, at the end my mum said that because we were all with him when he died my mum was like he just didn't want to let go and she was like saying please like please let go and you could see he was still like no I can do this and you're like you're you're dying like, like you just need to die sorry like this needs to happen it's not there's no going back from this but yeah it's yeah how so how was the after you know after he passed away were you with him when he died yeah, very similar situation. He was in a coma for, I mean, I picked him up and then he, because by the end he couldn't really move or anything. So I would like pick him out of bed. My mom's like 4'11", she's very tiny. And I picked him up one day and he just had a seizure and then he fell into a seven day coma. And mm. we, same thing by the end, it was like, uh, I mean, seven day. You know, it's really one of those things that you, how long was your dad in a, did he fall into a coma? So no, so he was diagnosed in the February and then dead by the April. So it was like Ooh. that, yeah, that bit was very quick. And so, but he sort of, again, he was sort of, it, the whole deterioration was very quickly, but he sort of went into hospital, I think, again, it's such a blur. I think he was in there for like a week and then he died at the end, but he sort of went in because, and again, I thought he was going in for treatment because <laughs> I just did, couldn't, I was like, what is going on? But he was basically going in to die. So I think... I remember talking to him in the hospital and then I think like the last four days he just was like not really there didn't really know and we think we think it sped to his brain as well we don't know but he started to get really confused and you know obviously then the drugs and stuff they're on like it just becomes yeah they're not really with it yeah the morphine and stuff so yeah, he was he in my house coma, he was just oh wow yeah, yeah yeah but same thing same thing one week of I don't quite know if it was a coma but basically yeah for a, a week was very just like uh, not really with it. Well, the aftermath was, I would say, well, so it was a year for us from basically exactly a year from diagnosis to living. And we all wow. kind of moved back and lived at home. I was 24 and my brother was like 27 at the time. So we both moved in. So it's four adults living in this house for a year watching like my dad, you know, die. So mm. there was definitely a feeling of like, like, I'm glad he is 
it was so painful the last few months that it was like, I'm so mm. glad he's freed from his bot. It felt very just like, I'm glad he doesn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, but then also, I mean, immediate aftermath, I'm Greek. I swear to God, I don't even remember announcing he was dead. 20 family members at the house, <laughs> at the house. I don't even remember, like, I don't know how they, I feel that like they, they sensed it. Like they didn't even, yeah. no one told them and they were all there. And I remember being like, this is so crazy. And then mm. it was actually very nice because it was like, they were all just there telling happy stories. And I think we needed that immediately after the mm. seven days of just like, yeah. That's fantastic that you were able to be there with him and have that at home. I think it's, I think sometimes that still really scares people, that idea. But actually, I think when you're in it, you're like, if they can stay at home and be with family, it's actually so much more peaceful and calm. Did you have a big funeral or what was, was he particularly religious or? Yes, he was very religious and Greek Orthodox. Oh, wow. Yeah. Priest was there with us at the end and we had a big funeral and a week. I mean, that's the crazy. Don't you remember? I, I, I remember like writing the, I had to write the obituary and just you planning mm. a funeral. It's like. It's pretty crazy that that all happens so fast and you have to do so much. Does it happen fast? Is like Greek Orthodox, is there a rule that he has to be buried quickly or is it not? the? I know some religions, it's like you've got 24 hours, haven't you? But it, maybe it's not with Greek Orthodox. But those are so crazy. You've got 24 <laughs> hours. The clock starts now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Judaism and um, Islam, isn't it? It's like as soon as possible. But I think like <laughs> yeah. most, most most Christians are like, when when can everyone get here? Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we have that same rule, but it's not it's not mandated from the Bible. We, we had a big funeral and a wake, and I do think that that's all a blur to me. Um, that's so common. It's so common that it's just, you can't remember. Like I can, I had to write about it the other day and it was the first time that I was like, oh, he went to a crematorium. Like I'd blanked it out. I remembered we had a service at the church and then we, the family went to the crematorium and I was like, oh, that has not been in my brain for 20 years. Like where had that gone? So weird, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how your mom was, but you have a mom that you're, my mom was a mess. Yeah. So it's like you kind of, you become, it just, I felt very like I didn't cry. I think I remember being very like stoic because it was like my mom was so obviously upset. Mm. So I remember feeling very like, yeah, it took me a long time to, I think I, I really was taking care of my dad and then my mom, I felt I was, you know, she was in such pain that I was taking care of her for a bit. So I think that's probably why these years, this year and last year, I, I cry more. I think it's like mm. I'm... I'm I'm dealing with it more now that I'm allowed to that that my life is stable enough and the things around me are stable enough that I can it's survival isn't it it's so common that you I think as a human you look around and you're like oh I can't do it yet because no. these people are not okay okay so and you park it like and it's so weird I think you sort of almost mentally go okay put that over there in my head and right who wants dinner because you just can't you also you can't all start bawling your eyes out I think like one of you bores your eyes up the rest of you are like, okay, it's your turn. <laughs> like, we can't all be doing this. Totally, totally. I'm very, and, and ever since I've been the type that if anyone else starts crying, I button it up. Cause it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a thing of like, you learn like, no, no, if, you're so right. If one person's crying, the rest of the team has to hold up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it's, I've tried to get better at that actually in, in the 20 years. Cause I've tried, I think I used to always be like, my eyes would literally like shut up shop. You know, they'd be like, okay, they're crying, don't cry. And I've tried to now just be like, we can both cry. This is okay, but it's very hard for me because <laughs> I feel like it's to do that. You have to be relaxed and not, I think if, especially after someone's died and they've been 
especially after terminal illness, you know, you're, you're on such high alert for such a long time and you, you don't know when they're going to go or what's happening. So it's really hard to kind of drop your shoulders and be like, oh, okay, it's fine now. Cause you're just like, I've been living with doctors and illness and scans and morphine. It, it's, you know, you go into a very strange space. You know what, now that you say that I even remember like how fit, how like uh, jumpy I was for so long after. Oh god. I am still so jumpy from yeah, I definitely. And I I'm sure it's connected to that like being on edge. The emergency of it all and the like feeling of like you don't know. You know I you know what? I love midnight to 2 a.m. I still to this day love it. And now I I hadn't yeah. thought about this, but I'm like I think it's because those years it was the only time I knew like nothing bad can happen right now cuz the 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 morning I could wake up and my dad could have lost some new thing. Like there could be a new really bad thing yeah. that was waiting for us all in the morning. But in those hours, it was like, this is just like, there's some peace right now. And I feel I still have that. Like, I like the time where nothing, I hate change now. I, I like the time when like nothing can possibly oh. change. <laughs> <laughs> I hate change so much. I think if you've lost someone, you just, you just hate it. You're like, look, I've already had to deal with this huge change everyone else needs to stay the same don't fucking change okay because i i had to deal with the biggest change of my life and a lot of people say like oh well because you've dealt with that i bet everything else is easier it's like on the contrary no on the contrary (laughs) i'm i'm crying like i when i leave apart when i have to leave apartments it's like a whole like i oh i like talk to the walls i'm like i'm yeah 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 (laughs) I'm I think you can go two ways I think sometimes people go very not reckless but very like nothing matters who cares you know I'm just gonna be friends with people for a day and then leave because life has no meaning or you go grab everyone you love and hold them so tight because they're going to die and I definitely am in the just to hold on to things so tightly and super controlling and anxious and I didn't even have this. I find it really hard to say goodbye to people. Like literally if I've met a friend and they're like, see you later. I'm like, bye, like take care. I really love you, you know, and you're great. And if they walk away, I feel like, why are you not? Like, this is a moment you might, you might die. It's like in my head. And you can see they're looking at me like, bye, Cariad. She's being so weird. <laughs> I wish I could be more flighty. Oh, me too. Me too. And like, I feel like on work, things like if I only work for a day on something I'm like how can I leave my family how can I leave these people who I love (laughs) Uh, oh yeah I'm very much that way I'm very like yeah clinging to and this I think pandemic has definitely been that's been a hard thing too is like I little routines I cling to too and like to lose those is is definitely hard yeah yeah and we said it's just when you've been through a grief and you're, you know, we, we talk a lot about like the idea of like the tablecloth being whipped away on the show and it's like everything's slightly moved, but it looks the same. So you're left with this feeling of like, I don't feel right, but everything's still there. And like, the, you know, in the pandemic, that's sort of how it feels. You're like, well, I, I can still get up and have my breakfast and the trees are still there and like I can go for a walk, but everything's not the same. And it's, it's such a, it just reminds me so much of grief that I found the first bit really tricky. Cause I was like, oh, it's like, it's like grief, but no one's died. And I don't know what to do with this horrible feeling again. And, and I think you're expecting the next big wave of grief that you would normally get. So you're like, oh, I'm going to feel really awful. And you're like, oh no, I'm not getting that because someone hasn't, you know, luckily I haven't known someone who's directly died from it. But yeah, it's such a 
so strange. The death so, that we're mourning is not even a person. It, it's like, mm. it, it, it is, yeah, it's like our surroundings and our habits. And so that is like, that's it. It's like in normal grief, you're then mourning it forever. So this is this weird thing of like, well, will it be gone? Like, I, I'm sort of pretending it's gone forever I yeah <laughs> but I think that's very common if you've lost someone because you're prepping you want to prep yourself you don't want to be in that position where you're like I don't want to be like what I had to deal with before well I didn't really know what forever meant and I've had to fucking learn so I'm like okay if it's if it's gone I'm gonna be ready <laughs> I don't want to be surprised like yeah there's I think it's just classic coping mechanisms from the situation Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So did you um, stay at your uh, mum and dad's place for a while or when did you move back to New York? Like, Well, it was a little combo. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was like three months that I stayed. My brother had like a real job and he still has a real job. Uh, like a, uh, <laughs> And I was obviously in this, not that this isn't a real job, but it's it's more like... I know you mean, self, yeah, yeah. We self-start more so. It's like you can you can press pause or... So I think I, I, I was able, I stayed with my mom a bit longer in, in Massachusetts where we're from. And then I moved back to New York City. And then my mom actually moved to New York City with me for a bit. Oh, wow. And then she ended up staying in New York City. And then I moved to LA. Um, and now she's back home. So it's all kind of like mm. a regression for everyone. I know that's been tough for my mom too, living back in the house where my dad died and Oh, uh, yeah, of course, of course. And it's very common, I think, to want to run away from the place of illness because you've been there for so long and it's been so full of death that you're just like, get me somewhere fresh. I want fresh air. I want, like, not this. I don't want to breathe this in. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, my grandpa died in that house too and he lived with us. Mm, and so wow. it was like, I think, in the same room. So God, we were like, let's get out of here. And New York is so wonderful. And, and, 
then yeah, it was kind of like a slow but sure. I I went back and forth for a like my mom and I were kind of both back and forth to New York and Massachusetts for for a while. And how did it feel getting back into comedy like after that? Like how did you did it change? I know because you do improv as well. Like because I've had bad grief days and I can sometimes like normally I'm fine, but you know when you have that slight, do you ever have that like what am I going to say today? <laughs> like I don't quite know what's going to come out of my obviously guys before I hear people complaining about improv we don't know what's gonna come out of our mouths <laughs> but like that feeling where you're like oh something griefy might come out actually I'm a bit worried that I'm in that place today totally well you know I will say that my dad's death was a real like I I was not living my life very the fully before my dad died yeah. I was not really committing to anything I was sort of like too afraid to say what I actually wanted to do I was yeah. I, so I actually think once my dad died, I had, I had, I definitely had the feeling of like, oh my God, we don't have time. Like I want to be an actress and I want to go do it like now and anything I don't want to do, I am not going to do. So that helped a lot. So that's, I mean, I, I was a standup, so I was doing standup and just like what you said, I was at like this, this terrible bar show. It wasn't even a show. It was like people eating at a restaurant and then we were like, <laughs> good news. It's a show. Oh, that's comedy. People are annoyed. They don't want to. <laughs> and then I come up and I, I I, don't even think I had a joke. It was just me being like, well, my dad was in a coma. And it was, <laughs> I mean, these people trying to eat their fucking spaghetti. And I, I left <laughs> and I remember going on the train on the way home being like, no, I'm done with that. That's, I'm not going to be doing yeah. that anymore. And because I couldn't not talk about it, but I was like, yeah. I can't talk about it in a funny enough way yet. And so... I kind of just dove into character comedy because that felt like a much mm. more fun escape. And that's where I was so happy. And that's actually what I ended up loving. And that's what I still do. So it, my dad's death kind of pushed me to like where I was very hungry for comedy. I was very hungry for happiness. I was so depressed and it was so dark at home that uh, mm. that that I think comedy was a, a saving a saving grace for sure. Um, I do character comedy as well. Because ah! we're... <laughs> the same person and I've talked about this before but I don't know if you had this when I would write characters it took me ages to realize that loads of them had like missing dads so like I had a character that was like um she her parent the joke was well it's not a joke but it's a character so you don't have to have a joke um her dad was a magician and her mum had been the assistant and then um the mum had run off and left him so she, the daughter was having to replace as the magician's assistant but she's like not very good at it and she's really neurotic but the whole um the whole bit I keep shouting like dad dad he's just coming he's just coming and I, I end up doing this awful trick and it took me so long to be like oh my god you're literally standing on stage calling for your dad and he never arrives and you wrote that character and I was like oh yeah okay and every character had something like they never had dead dads but it was like when you looked at like you know psychologically psychology 101 would be like mm, somebody has some issues here like did you find it was like leaking out of you in different ways yeah I mean I really think I think I was so, my mom was still really struggling. I was mm. so, it was so dark. My life felt very yeah. dark. And I think characters was my only escape. So my characters, I would say, were much more like manic. Like, uh, like <laughs> almost, almost all of them manic. So it was more <laughs> probably just like a clear, now that I look back, it's like, oh, these were a clear, just like, how high can we go to try to get me a mm. little bit out of this, like, Oh, wow. Yeah. To get you out of where you'd been in that place and that darkness. I think so. So I think like characters were always just 
yeah, like wild, joyful. And then whenever I did go back to stand up, it was all about my dad and it became very dark. So a lot of people follow mm. me for my for my characters and then when they would come see my stand-up it's it's like they're they're it's like wait I, it was like i pulled a trick on them because it's like yeah. you thought you're getting this but you're getting the big that's what yeah. i yeah i found because i would do characters and they would be like my i haven't done it for ages but they would be very big and very stupid and and fun they were really fun but it was always this there was always a weird dead dad thing and then <laughs> when i would do like improv if i was doing like a monologue or i'm just being myself on something I'd be so serious and I would be to end up talking about death and I could see people be like where's the funny voice you did I know <laughs> what happened to your funny voice where's your glasses the funny voice and glasses you're like my heart is actually quite heavy and I'm doing this to stop it being heavy and you could like I know that that feeling when they're like oh she's not she's not as fun as I thought she was <laughs> totally when did you because you I know you've written about it like when did you start feeling like was it very instant? You were like, oh, I want to start writing about it. Or did you sort of think, oh, I've got to be ready to take... Because I guess with this podcast, like, I didn't realise I had to be ready to take people's reaction. So when I did start talking about it, people start being like, oh, well, I want to tell you about my grief or I want to ask you... And you're almost like, you've got to be ready <laughs> for people like me to ask you to come and do a podcast. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's like, yeah. Because I know you wrote that beautiful essay about him for this Father's Day, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I weirdly... I feel very grateful for art. I feel like art is like a, I'm sure you feel this too, it's like you're this balloon and if you just pop a, art is like a little hole and it just helps you just get some of it out. And I felt very like, I felt, yeah, so basically, I think I've dealt with this my whole life. You know, I've, I've struggled with eating disorders since I was in college. Mm. Like, I think I've always felt trapped and I need a way out. And so that was starving for a while, which yeah. is not a healthy way to do it. And I think art is such a lifesaver because that's become my like saving grace and I think writing for me was I was in this house and my mom was uh, hurting and my dad was dying and I was like I had nowhere to go and so those essays were like I would probably say in retrospect probably a, a cry or to the or mm. like a way to send a so I wrote those just in the midst of pain to try to I think make sense of it or share or let go of some pain um and that, that's kind of, so the writing about it was from the start. And writing's kind of nice because you don't have to deal with the reaction thing. But you're yeah, right. Yeah, like that's true. Comedy, it took me time to make sure that I was ready for the reaction. I was ready for mm. the jokes to not do well. I think mm -hmm. I, I was ready to joke about it. But the first time the jokes didn't do well, I felt so hurt by like the, yeah, the rejection yeah. of my pain in a way when it's like it wasn't that it just wasn't a fucking funny joke but <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it they're rejecting them it feels like either something that they're tied up in it and it's like oh you didn't care when he was dying and you don't care now i'm making a joke about him like it reminds you of all that isolating grief feeling of like no one cares no one understands and it's hard yeah it's it's really hard with the once you feel more okay with it, then now I can make jokes and if people don't laugh, I, I don't care. Um, I had to, writing was helpful, but for me, comedy about my dad took a little while before I felt really good, good and ready. Yeah. yeah. I also had, which I don't know, cause you know, comedians famously, like once you start a joke, they all jump on it. And like, if don't you ever do this, like you make one joke about your dad and then like other people jump on. Oh, like, yeah. no, I'm not okay with like the dead dad jokes rolling in. Like I make those jokes. It's a really hard, to, and that's what I got better at controlling it of going, 
carry it if you don't want that don't say it like don't say the stupid dark joke like just shut your mouth <laughs> because then I'd be like why did they say that and you're like because you made a joke you you opened the door and made like you were cool with it and you're not cool with it dark jokes only work when people can tell how how much you love the person and how much pain mm. you're in and so then they can laugh at something that's really really crude because like it's it they know how much I love my so when I did a solo show of course hello <laughs> of course of course hi <laughs> <laughs> the only thing more tragic than my dad's death is another solo show about uh paternal death <laughs> but I think in my show I talk a lot about loving my dad and the pain of losing mm. him and the jokes do very they they hit and then I would mm. try doing those jokes at like a show and they wouldn't hit because it's like yeah. people don't know how much I love him. So they're like not a comfortable laughing. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the same thing when someone tags a joke. I'm like, no, you don't love my dad. So you're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to make that joke. That's yeah. Yeah. So you've got the anniversary coming up soon. How are you feeling about that? Like, so it's five years because five, I think, is quite significant in a way. Like I always think like five, 10 and 15 I don't know something about those numbers just because in our heads they sort of make a pattern. I think that I'm I'm not sure if this happens to you and I don't know what this says about my my process uh, but I think unfortunately what happens to me and it happens around Father's Day and the anniversary of his mm. death and my birthday is I don't notice what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I, it's kind of like when you get your period and you're like mm. so, and I and I'm like lose I feel depressed I'm losing my and then I get my period it's like oh right and it happens every month and I don't learn every month (laughs) it's kind of like my dad it happens every year I will just be kind of like on edge and a mess for like a couple weeks leading up to it Mm. and I don't realize it until it's and then I'll have therapy and she'll be like well that's it's probably has something to do with this timing yeah (laughs) yeah that's why I pay you the big bucks (laughs) yeah I've definitely found now it's you know over 20 years I've got mu- I've got better, thank God, that I now know. So for me, he died in April. So for me, like April, the whole month of April, I'm just like, I know. And I've got, I'm much better at, um, that sounds a bit like I sense it earlier. So I used to be much more like, what is this? But now as soon as I have a weird, like I just snap at somebody and I'm like, oh, oh, hang on. That's a grief thing. Cause you just, you get, you just get better at identifying it, which is, is nice in a way. But it's also, it's that weird thing. And we're like, oh, oh, right. Oh, next two weeks is going to be shit. Great. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. So it's like, I don't know if it's better to be aware of it or not aware of it. Because you're still going to be shit for two weeks. So it's like, you know, it's hard. Do you think we'll get, like, better? Do you think that'll go, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I talk about this a lot on the show. Like, I really believe... I really believe with grief, like the most helpful thing you can understand is that you don't get over it. You just learn to live with it. And if you can really accept that, then when you have the waves, you can just let them be because you know that they're going to pass. And it's because you know that you love them or, you know, whatever relationship you have with them. This is just what happens when someone dies. You have this yearning for them. And I've definitely got to a much better place and like obviously I'm like 20 years club like it's I don't want to like scare you because sometimes I speak to people they're like do I have to wait 20 years like no like some people my brother feels completely differently to me like he doesn't feel the need to talk about it he feels he would say like kind of okay and you know like at peace with a lot of stuff that I wasn't at peace with so I think it really you know one depends on your relationship but also once you just accept that those ways are just going to come then I think you you don't fight them and you don't get afraid of them. You're just like, oh, okay, so it's going to be shit two weeks. 
okay but you know it's gonna pass and I also say like my waves massively I you know I really they're very rare now like when they come it's very rare and it's very like oh my god like oh wow I'm missing him because I'm so used to it so yeah it you do somehow find a way through it it's funny you say that it's almost like depression you know it's like I used to be very depressed and I was also terrified um, because yeah, you don't know it's gonna pass. And I think like that's mm. the real danger is when you're like really sad and really scared. And I think you're probably mm. right. It's like each year that passes, I am less scared. And in the beginning you're so yeah. scared cause you're like, I'm so sad and you have no, the world looks so like beyond, you have no idea what it even looks like. So you're kind of like, it's terrifying. Whereas you're right now, it's like, I have all these you, you you know it's I'm not scared so it's just sad and in yeah. a way that's there's a lot of freedom and sadness without fear that's like yeah. that's it's very close to joy because it's just yeah it's just memory it's just yeah and I think we're so afraid to be sad whereas actually sometimes you need to be it is sad they've gone you do miss them and if you can just not fight that and just let it be I think it passes quicker, but it's so, because you're so scared. It's so hard to be like, no, 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 keep it together, keep it together, don't let this. And then like the sadness comes out like bit by bit, rather than like you just bawling your eyes out for a day and then being like, I actually feel better now. But it's yeah, it's it's. Have you heard of the ball in the box theory? Which is again this theory that like that your life is a square, basically a box, and when grief happens, like it fills the whole square like a ball or like a massive squiggle, and so it's all you can see, you can think, you can't, you know, you can't imagine anything else, and then as time goes on your life gets bigger you have just literally have more experiences more memories but the grief stays the same size so it doesn't go it doesn't get stronger or bigger but it just is there and so your life will get you know someone like me 20 years in your life gets you know much much bigger and all these experiences and things have happened to you but the grief is still there and it might get a bit more faded or messy and I think I think we if, when you think of it like that it's like oh of course I'm sad I miss him rather than like oh god here we go again so it's like trying to reframe it in your mind you're so right and I think that that is it that and that's a nice way to think of it is like your life gets bigger yeah I think that's very similar with depression too is like you just mm. you you the and my my therapist calls it my toolbox and so it's like you just you have more tools in your tool so the older you get yeah, the more yeah. experiences you have you have more tools in your toolbox so it's like when you know something when something comes over you you can be like well I have all these tools so it's okay if I cry for a little bit because after I have this friend or this thing or this life that I've built um but that's you know that's a real part of it too is like getting over the the trauma like the trauma of not having that mm. like it's so crazy yeah. that's why it takes so long because like when you don't have that it's a tr it's traumatically sad so then you fear being that sad it's like a yeah, yeah. definitely and I think it takes I always think like when they die you're very very sad obviously yeah and then you might feel better for a bit and then you have your first wave and then you think oh well I'm okay the happiness was a lie I'm gonna be sad forever right then you you come out of that and you're like oh I see I'm just gonna keep feeling like this <laughs> oh okay and I said like my waves now like are so far apart like they might be like two years apart right like, whereas when you're in the beginning it's like every six months or you know god you know every hour every day it, it shifts it used to be like almost all sad and then moments of like happiness and then eventually your life yeah. becomes like no moments of normalcy and happiness and then like waves of the waves of the sad yeah and it's still you know it can still it can still get me but like I'm so much I recover so much quick more quickly because like you said you have that toolbox and you you can just be like oh, this is okay you know I'm just gonna have a sad day and when I let myself do it when I'm like oh I just sad it goes like almost like annoyingly disappears I'm like oh that was that was it was it that's all I felt today 
but totally. the fighting of it is is yeah it's really exhausting and just to say i read somewhere which i keep meaning to double check but i think it's true that grief lights up the same part of your brain as depression so it literally is the same part that is making you feel isolated no one understands me and obviously grief is not a mental illness it's separate but it's really interesting that it locks you into that place yeah and i like I feel like I have to learn that like I possess all, like my life is changing and so that's why I have better coping mechanisms but I, I have a bad habit of attributing it to like a space to be like well I yeah, can't, yeah, I can't yeah, lose yeah. this apartment because the last apartment I was in I wasn't happy so if this yeah. this this works it's like a puzzle but then my therapist would be like no it's not the apartment it's that like you now have a different life than you had back then so things yeah. will look different yeah yeah of course of course it's I think also when when you have had a trauma or a traumatic death in your life, anything that makes it seem fairly logical is like magic. <laughs> You're like, it's the apartment, like it's the dress, it's this. Because yeah, why the actual concept of death is doesn't have a logic to it and that's really irritating. Oh my God, have, <laughs> like, you, ever, have you ever spent a lot of time learning about space? I did that the other day, that'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll blow you away. <laughs> I, I, started, I started thinking, yeah, like it all just becomes very, you can't think about space too. It, no, yeah, it's too much. It's too, it's much. too much. It's too much. I'm not. I, I don't have the. I, I should. You should have to like. You should have to like have a therapist sign off on if you're ready to like learn more shit about space. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, no, she's not even ready with like her her fucking. Oh apartment. no. Let's not go to the yeah. outer. Uh, she can't handle another dimension. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't don't add in like string theory. This girl could no <laughs> no. No. no no. That's not okay. Well, we're coming to the um to the end now, but thank you so much for talking to me i just think it sounds like you've found your way through what was a really difficult experience and you know i don't think there's ever like a po you know a positive because i think sometimes we try and like make everything fine but like if you can find a fine way through it if that makes sense like an okay way through these things rather than like I, you know what i'm great everything's fine god i'm just wondering about the anniversary in october it must be like, are you going to go? You don't know if you'll be able to go back, I guess, or what you'll be able to do. That's, yeah. I probably won't be able to go back. You know, I feel, I, I think the, 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 the bright side and the thinking about five years is I, and the bigger thing you were talking about is like, I feel so grateful and I really felt when my dad died a sense of comfort that he was truly with me all the time. It's so clear. Mm. You can access your loved ones whenever you want they're very much with us just like not in the body and I feel that my dad has pushed me and been with me and I am living the exact life I want to live and that I dreamed of living as a kid and yeah and sometimes things will happen and I'll just sort of like it's like it's a win for both I really feel like we're a team and and so coming up on five years I feel like I wouldn't be here without him. I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I don't know what I'd be doing, but he pushed me to really, he gave me the gift of knowing how short life was. And I, I feel like if I died tomorrow, like I've, I've done what I wanted to do and I've been true to myself in a way that I wasn't for a lot of my life. So coming up on five years, I feel like, wow, look, look what you pushed me into. Look, look, look what I'm getting to do because of you and look mm -hmm. what we're kind of getting to do together. So I feel a large sense of gratitude uh, there. I think if I didn't do this, I would just be focusing on the loss because my life would be worse without him in it. But it pushed me to live a different life. So I'm living a life that 
he never knew. He never knew when I lived here. He never knew when I really did comedy truly. Mm. So in a way, it's a, a full different world I'm living in. And like he's here, he's here with me. So that feels nice. Alyssa, thank you so much for talking to me and talking about Jim, who sounds pretty awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow Alyssa on Twitter and Instagram at Alyssa Limp. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A-L-I-M-P. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was edited by Kate Holland. It was recorded remotely, uh, myself in London, Alyssa in LA. The music was provided by The Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.